Welcome to the 1.7 Podcast, the place where creatives get to speak the truth about ourselves, our art, and our place in the world. Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Ryan Daniel, and welcome to the 1.7 Podcast. Today, we have a great episode for you. You're going to hear about the experiences about a, a brother of mine. He's a photographer. He's one of the best in the business. You're going to hear his experiences. His name is Tyson Crockett. So let me read his bio, right? Let me read his bio. So Tyson's a photographer with a diverse personal and professional background in the arts and academic worlds. He thrives on creating fascinating visuals through collaborative settings that inspire people. He excels in clean, detail, and stylized commercial images for agencies and brands. My kind of guy. Brother Tyson, I call you King Ty. Welcome to the 1.7 podcast, man. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm, I'm humbled to be here, and thank you for the, the beautiful introduction. I hope I can, I hope I can follow up with uh, some knowledge and, and uh, my insights into life and whatever we decide to get into today. Man, brother, every time we've we have talked, you've been an inspiration. So I'm super excited to to get you on here and just to share. And those of you, if you're joining us for the first time, this is a podcast for creatives to just talk about the stuff that creatives don't usually talk about. So that's what we're talking about here today, right? So you might feel a little some kind of how because we're going to tell you the truth, but it's because we love you, we love the creative community, and we want to see it grow. So first thing, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, yeah, thanks, Ryan. Um, I, I think the important things to know about me are uh, I have a, a pretty diverse background. I'm I'm now uh, 42 years young, if my math is correct. And uh, during those 42 years, I've had several jobs, several occupations, um, a lot of different experiences. I've lived all over this country and, and internationally as well. Um, and all of those things have, have kind of brought me back to a singular love, which is photography. It's something that I picked up in junior high school, and I've never really put a camera down since. Um, about eight, ten years ago, I made the switch from doing it as a hobby and an amateur and picking up jobs here and there to, to doing it full time and um, being my sole source of income. Um, and I have been fortunate enough through hard work and, and breaks and, and relationships to now be uh, what I would consider successful because I pay my bills. I don't have to ask anybody for anything um, mm -hmm. in terms of, of work. Uh, and I'm very happy and excited to be in this place emotionally, physically, spiritually, um, that I, I get to join you here on the 1.7 to discuss. Yeah, yeah. So, so what was the, man, here's the thing, you work in. I a lot try. of folks that watch the show, they're like, how can I get in? I'm working. I'm working, right? So you said it. You 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 define what success was for you, right? So let me ask you this. How long was it from where you were like, this is what I want to do, to where you're like, man, I'm paying these bills. I did it. I'm going to answer, but uh, allow me to expand on my answer. Yes. It, was about a, it was about a month. Um, and I know when I say that, that sounds crazy what? Uh, because a lot of people have spent years um, <laughs> grinding away at doing that. Now, when I, what I want to expand on that is 
because that month was putting myself out there every day, working very hard to try to make connections. And now when I first started making it after a month, I wasn't living well. I did, I did not have things going, um, you know, financially extremely well for me, but I had shifted my priorities from being financially solvent, taking vacations, um, kind of living a lavish lifestyle coming from a, a corporate structured job where I was making uh, six figures to making considerably less than that. But I was making it in the sense that I, I was still able to pay my bills. Now, I, I um, brought in some roommates at that time to help with me financially. Uh, I lowered my cost of living in, in many different ways, and we don't have to get into the financials of that. But I think it's important to note that I was doing the job because I was committed to doing the job and I was getting work, not necessarily all the time as a photographer, but in the production world. So mm -hmm. as I started to, to make inroads, I was living the life, I was learning every day, I was um, engaged in the activity. And, and for me, that was extremely important to commit myself to doing that rather than kind of sit back and wait and say, I'm only going to be a photographer. I'm only going to take high paying jobs. I'm only going to do things that, that meet this uh, scale that maybe other people kind of put on me or themselves. So let me ask you this question. So you made the decision and for you, the payback was quick. You said a month, right? Yeah, it was, it was quick in the, in the terms of I'm now doing this. I'm committed to yes. doing this. I, I would I would equate it to someone being a professional athlete or yeah. a musician or any of those things that just says I'm doing this now, and that's all I'm doing. Yeah. Like, so yeah, you it I, wasn't. I don't want to I don't want to send the message out there to anybody yeah. that I was I was getting rich or um, yeah. things yeah. were easy. You know there was there was a lot of top ramen nights and and uh, stretching meals and and that sort of thing. But I I was committed to only working towards things that allowed me to uh, be a photographer. So let me ask this question, because a lot of people, I mean, creatives have said it. I mean, I'm not the first one to say it, right? So creatives has theorized about this principle. And they've said, if you treat something like a hobby, it'll pay you like a hobby. Would, would you say that was a realization for you in terms of like, I'm not treating this like no hobby. I want it to be like, because a, a lot of photographers, they treat this like a hobby. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, so for me, I think my life experience, what I talked about before and living in many different places and having different careers, one of the things that I took from all those experiences is a lifestyle. So for me, um, one of my first jobs and careers was working in the snowboard industry. And the snowboard industry in the early, mid-90s, late-90s um, had a lot of money in it. So there was a lot of people in it, but there weren't a lot of people making a lot of money. So this idea of I'm working on this as part of the lifestyle. I didn't earn very much money when I did those things, but I learned how to live within my means to be part of what I wanted to do. And that old adage of, you know, do something you love and you'll never work a day. So for me, it was really about committing back to that with photographer, if, photography and saying, I love this. I know I want to do this every day. I'm spending all of my time doing it and I'll worry about the rest um, and how that that works out financially will uh, will come. And that's a piece of advice that I've been told so many times in my life is don't worry about the money, it will come. And mm -hmm. for probably 35 years, I was like, who, 
who are you telling? I got bills. Like, that's nice for you when you've made it. Don't tell me those things. Sitting here on the other side of that and looking back on my life, I believe it is 100% true. People are always going to, to seek out. They're always going to reward. They're always going to surround themselves with people that are passionate about things um, and want it. And wanting it, I think, outweighs talent a lot of times, outweighs experience, outweighs a lot of things. You just got to want it more and, and be involved in it and be willing to do what other people aren't willing to do. Hmm. Um, and, that, and that is part of the lifestyle that hmm. I think is important. And when you are living that lifestyle, everything else kind of takes care of itself. Man, so here's the thing. I'm listening to you and you're like, you have to want it more. It could be said of the artist types, photographers and the videographers, they've never been in a scrap. Right? Some folks, they're like, I like photography. Rolled out of bed, had the credit card to go get the pictures, went to school, learned how it is, right? So the idea of wanting it more and the courage, right, even though you're not seeing it, how do you, how would you advise young photographers who have never had to want anything more? They always had it, right? Like I said, they've never been in a scrap, right? It, it appears like the markets that open for them, but then they get stuck and it's like, well, how is it that I never hit that ceiling, right? You kind of see where I'm going. I do, yeah. Kind of build on that. I, I often think of this this kind of problem um, as kind of arrested development or uh, what we used to say in sports all the time, um, mm that you have so many choices. There's so many plays out there that you get, you get arrested and you get stopped in, in that uh, paralysis by analysis is the phrase yeah, that comes yeah, to mind. And operations have paved the way for younger generations to have so much freedom. Now the idea when you go to school or you're talking with influential people in your life, they tell you, you can do anything you want to do. And I think that's now more true than it ever has been. But that also leads to a level of, you then have to determine happiness, satisfaction, fulfillment for yourself. And I think that that is a much harder challenge for young people mm -hmm. today. If mm -hmm. we take a step back and look back at, at kind of any group a hundred years ago, you know, you look at, you look at African-American men in 1923, they didn't have the right to vote, didn't have the right to hold most jobs. They couldn't live in the same community. So the want for our population at that time was so much smaller in the terms of just saying, if I, if I could be a manager at the, at the plant, that's all I ever wanted. They, they never even dreamed of being a creative, of, of being in white collar business, of traveling mm -hmm. the world. Like all the things that young people today can, can easily see because of the internet and social media and say, I want to do that, that wasn't even an option to them. But what but what people learned in those times was fulfillment, content. Um, they saw the road clearly and they saw what it took to achieve those things. And and I think we're we're kind of having a blending of those ideas right now in 2024 um, where you can be everything. But you got to be 
okay with being everything. You got to be okay with yourself mm -hmm. and what that means to you. So for myself being 42 years old, I've worked several jobs. I've had several careers and I know the things that I don't want to do. I'm unwilling to do. Um, I was on the set this last week and I said to, to a partner of mine, you know what we used to do for work? We both worked in education. I said, I'll, I'll do whatever. The, it was two degrees outside, right? We're outside yeah. shooting. I said, <laughs> other people are walking around cold, talking about how rough. I said, I'll do this all day because you can't pay me to go back to doing that. Mm -hmm. I, I, would, I, I busted my butt to be in the position to stand out here in the cold and create art and be compensated for it. Mm -hmm. So my level of contentment and happiness and fulfillment is extremely high. And, and I think young people have to find out what that is. And mm -hmm. if for a young person or someone new to the industry or any industry, if they don't know what that is for themselves and they don't, they don't know what they don't want to do, it's going to be really difficult. It's, it's going to be really hard till they figure that out uh, about where they are at personally and what they need to do or willing to do um, to, to be successful or be content within their own lives. Yeah, and I, I I agree, man. And to your point, you know, as what you may say, older creatives, I, I guess in specifically as creatives, photographers, videographers, artists in that regard, um, we have a little bit to pass on because we've journeyed somewhere. You know, there's an there's an old I think is an Italian proverb that says, you know. Uh, ability or or youth youth is wasted on the young right that's that's the coin right right so young creatives they won't know what they don't know but the principle would be if we were to communicate that would be to say as you're journeying as you're starting this journey and of self-exploration you have to do a lot of different things and you have to kind of earn your way and somewhere along the line, you're going to have to have courage to say, this is the risk I am going to take. And this is what I am going to become if the expectation is for the market to pay you as per the value that you provide. I think a lot of literally young creatives, because of the access, there's a sense that, well, I have a DSLR. I'm 14. I'm shooting some stuff. There's a class in high school for photography. My friends say I'm really good. My mom says I'm good too. I watch some YouTube videos. So by extension, there's a perception that the market, the people who, who build multi-million dollar brands should now just let you in. I'll let you respond. Yeah, I think that you do see that out there and it, the technology has come so far that it, mm -hmm. th that in itself is no longer a gatekeeper. I think, especially in our industry, there was a time where to get to get on a level to be a professional photographer, videographer, creative, you had to spend an outrageous amount of money just to acquire the equipment to be able to call yourself a profession. Mm -hmm. That is no longer the case. I mean, I I know of I know of people that we both know shooting major commercials and work on iPhones. Um, for for brands that everyone has heard of in our multinational billion dollar companies, 
So the, the technology barrier is no longer there. <laughs> it's no longer there. But what is there is the people barrier. Because I, I, tell, I tell this to, to students that I've worked with or assistants that have worked with me or for me is there is uh, here in Minneapolis, there's probably 500 commercial photographers that can go out and capture an image that will make the client happy at it right now. Anyone can pick up the phone, get on Google, find these people. They'll be there to do it. They may do it at a lesser rate than I would be willing to do it at. 500. Wh whatever. Whatever mm -hmm. those people are willing to charge. Now, can they give the client what they need and, and do that in a way that they can repeat it consistently? I don't know if they can, and maybe the client doesn't know that they can, and maybe the client doesn't actually know what they need. And I think it's important for the creative to, de to help figure that out and determine that. Now, working with a large agency or a large brand, they have huge departments that figure these things out. And then it becomes about dealing with people. Just because you shoot a great photo or can capture an amazing image does not mean you can work with people. Uh, when I was starting in the industry, I went to um, I went to Santa Fe Workshops, which is a, a world-renowned uh, workshop in Santa Fe, New Mexico. And I took a class with a photographer named Kurt Iswarinko, who, please look him up. His name is difficult to smell, but he's a, he's a major Hollywood photographer and has shot every one of your favorite celebrities, movies, all these people. And working with Kurt, one of the things that he allowed uh, us to do as members of his class is listen to how he deals with people. And what he did is he took a, a production call and he said, I, I don't get paid for my ability to take the image. I get paid for my ability to navigate all of this. And as we're listening to Kurt on the phone call, he would hit mute and he would say, okay, person X has five people in their camp. So serious big time celebrity. Say they have a manager, they have a publicist, they have an accountant. They have all these people that are on their team on this phone call. All of those people need to hear something. And across from them, there's a producer or a co-star or a director or an art director. And they all have teams and they all need to hear other things. Now, it is my job to assure all those people that I understand what their needs are and I will mm -hmm. deliver for them, even if it is diametrically opposed to what somebody else is asking for in the same meeting. And he did this in a way that was so artful and so professional that I understood why everyone had to keep hiring him. Not to say that his photography isn't amazing because it is, mm -hmm. but he was very clear that, again, just like being here in Minneapolis, they could find someone else to come shoot this. But do those people have the skills mm -hmm. and the, the personnel um, issue not issues but a, a way of dealing with people to be able to to land this plane for everyone and i think that a lot of times people regardless of age that are new to any industry want to skip that part and they want to put it ahead and they want to they they don't understand that maybe if they see me working with a brand and they look at the photos and say i could do that same photo that i have a 10-year relationship built with these people where they trust me and I trust them. They mm -hmm. know I can deliver on certain situations and I'm seeing what's going on and I'm caring about what they value, mm -hmm. not just about taking a, a, a pretty picture because this, this whole idea of these 1980s 
superstar photographers and directors where they talk down to people and they 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 yell and scream and throw little fits mm -hmm, that does mm -hmm. not play anymore <laughs> the, the, the woke culture will have you yeah. and that will be your last job and it will be mm -hmm. put on social media like we've seen with some famous actors uh where they're throwing little fits and unless you're unless you're tom cruise ain't gonna work for you buddy that's interesting that's interesting it's um it's a different skill set yeah Absolutely. And it takes time to develop, you mm -hmm. know, and, and I think that's something that I, I fear for young people as they've gone through COVID and had this time of disconnection mm -hmm. where they did not have these interpersonal relationships mm -hmm. and skills mm -hmm. um, that were developed in previous generations. You know, you, you and I are, are a little bit older. We come from a generation where it was go outside and play, go figure it out. Don't come home with your problems. Go figure it out because our parents were preparing us for what the world expected out of us. And some of this younger generation has had years of that taken away from it because not only was no one pushing them outside, they weren't allowed to go outside because of COVID. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. they have all, all their interactions through a screen, which for creatives, in my opinion, can only take you so far because you got to get on set at some point, even mm -hmm. if you're a painter or, writer, whatever, you have to interact with people in real life. And there's a skill set that requires reading facial expressions, tone, reading the room, as they say, and being mm -hmm. able to meet those people's emotional needs and their wants and desires in, in real time. Uh, and I think that skill is as important, if not more important than your ability to technically um, produce and, and deliver a product based on what the client is asking for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, brother, I agree 100%. I think that is the reason that I work. The ability to ensure that all the stakeholders in the room are heard and that they trust that whichever direction their boss is or whoever their boss is, right, that they have that sorted. That is definitely about service. It's about humility. Right, it's about you. You actually have to like people. You actually have to show that you care. You actually have to show that you listen, and and know how to ensure that people who are in the room with you know that you're actually listening, because in the end, it's about trust. And I, I think a lot of, and I've learned this. Once there is trust, people don't want to have to go and reassess a new person to trust. They just wanted to know that, okay, all right, we're shooting this. All right. All right. Who we have? It's Ty. When are we shooting it? Uh, two years from now. Yeah. But who do we have? Yeah. Ty. We, yeah. Done. That's a done deal. Okay. What else we got? <laughs> See what right. I'm saying? It's a, <laughs> it's, for, for most, for most companies, for most people, what, regardless of what level of, of creativity you're in or what area you're in, the actual, in my world, capturing images, the actual performative part of it is such a small part of the whole process. Generally, people have spent months, if not years, between idea formulation to actually capturing the image. And if you don't, if you don't understand that and value that you're taking someone else's idea uh, and just you're just kind of pushing it over the end, 
you, it's they've done the first 99 yards and you're just pushing it in for the touchdown that you don't respect all the work they've done before and you don't mm-hmm. take time to see and look at this you're not going to build any trust or respect and they're not going to want to to keep coming back to you but if you do just like a relationship man people stay in relationships with a significant other because they know mm-hmm. they they can trust the person to act the way that they've always acted Mm-hmm. And it takes a lot for that relationship to end. They they mm-hmm. would rather stick with the Ryan's not perfect, but I, I know he will get the job done. He understands what I'm saying. I understand mm-hmm. what he's saying. I mm-hmm. could switch over to Tyson, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know him. I don't want to go through that whole dating process again. Mm-hmm. I don't want to mm-hmm. spend two years having these experiences to figure out if we truly trust each other. And mm-hmm. he knows what I mean when I say certain things, what certain looks look mean if, if he goes through the process. So I'm going to stick with Ryan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that's the thing that people new to the industry really have to pay attention to. Technical skills is immensely important, but it's also just kind of a check mark. You can either do the work or you yeah. can't. You got you gotta you gotta get that check mark. You you have to know how to do it. You gotta capture an image, you gotta shoot, you gotta paint, you you have to have all that. Mm-hmm. And that that is the grind of just continually doing it and learning every time you go out and pick up a camera, pick up a paintbrush, pick up a video camera, mm-hmm. a, a guitar, whatever your thing is. And you cannot replace the, the interaction between people and the building of relationships. You, you, there's just there's just no way around it. You have to do it. And if you don't understand why someone else is being selected over you, it's probably because your interpersonal skills and your relationships aren't strong enough. That's the truth. Man, listen. Woo! <laughs> I hope you guys are out there are, are listening to this. If you're on YouTube, definitely leave a comment. And, uh, man, Tyson, I, I've got one more question, but I definitely want to say thank you so much for, for just sharing your insight. Every time we, we, we connect and we speak, it's an inspiration for me. So, so I, I definitely want to say thank you for, for that. Um, and, and those of you guys that are listening out there that are creatives, I, I hope that this was inspirational for you too, and, and allows to, to hit some of those check marks that Tyson was saying that we gotta say, hey, we probably need to be a little more interpersonal, right? So it's not all the idea of proficiency in the art side of things, but a lot of it is is just being a better human, right? <laughs> and under, you know, under understanding the business. So we are in African American History Month, and I want to ask a question. So, with regards to diversity within your area of expertise, right? Which is in, you know, corporate, corporate media, corporate photography. Um, do you feel that things are getting better, uh, hopeful with regards to diversity and more specifically, uh, you know, to black folks? Yeah. Great question. Thank you for your kind words about me first, Ryan. Um, and great question. I, I think, I think it's tough and I think it's complicated. Let me back up and say this because of the yeah. screen and I, I was telling Ryan before we got on the air here, I just, just broke my light above yeah, me yeah. here. So, so <laughs> please, so don't, please don't take my lighting as what you see here. I'm much better yeah. at it than, <laughs> than this. Um, but that light also, also makes me look a little, uh, a little paler. Um, mm-hmm. And 
if you didn't know or if you're curious, race is very important to me as as a product of a black father and a white mother. It's something that is inescapable for me within my life. I don't want to escape it. I, I love who I am as a person, but it's an extremely important piece of my identity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we live in an a, a, a interesting place um, here, Ryan, in Minnesota. And for those of you not in Minnesota, uh, you might not be aware of kind of the politics of how race works here. Um, it is seemingly a very liberal, progressive place on the surface, but also very conservative and not necessarily open to new ideas in many areas and pockets of the state. So all of those things exist here, and it's also coded in this Minnesota nice, which means that people don't tell you the truth. So in other ports of the country, you may just be told straight, you know, especially the the South, Atlanta, um, and and Georgia, people are just going to tell you why they don't like you. Here they're going to smile and compliment you on some very safe things and never talk about anything too too deep for themselves we like to talk about the weather and local sports so it's a very diff i say that all to say it's a very difficult thing to filter through that combined with we're the epicenter of what happened here in in the black lives movement with with the murder of george floyd here in our streets in minneapolis and many corporations jumped on that immediately here in minneapolis nationally, internationally as well, but specifically here in Minneapolis. And a lot of jobs, a lot of funding, a lot of things got kicked open at that time for black and, and people of color creatives in this, in this industry. And I certainly did everything I could to take advantage of that. I will say right now, it's back to business as usual. Those doors have closed. And I think that that's something that is in consistently will happen within our country is there's ebbs and flows, there's highs and lows, there's trends about how things work. And when those things are open, you got to strike while the iron is hot and get yourself in there and push those narratives. And then you also got to pay attention to when it's not the time to do it, you can't be out there by yourself pushing those narratives. So I will say in that time, I think it, it opened up roles for black creatives. Now the dollar signs are getting a little tight with, with kind of a recession looming or maybe coming in and out of it. it's difficult to say and, and work in an industry that is all about um, people spending extra money, right? This is not, these are not necessities. I, I don't shoot for companies um, where people need to have the things that I capture. It's all about excess. So when that happens, it, it shrinks back to, again, who do you trust? Who are you comfortable with? Who do you know gets that job done? And the, the truth in the industry is the vast majority in those of those people making those decisions are not people of color. And many times they choose to go into what makes them feel comfortable. Now, many of those people may not be aware that they're making choices, whether intentionally or unintentionally, based on race, ethnicity, cultural background. But it does come into play based on comfort. So if you don't have strong relationships with people and, and they are not comfortable with you, I think that that is, is going to be a difficult bridge to cross. And then it leaves you wondering, as, as we know, as black men in this country, you're often left wondering in an interaction. Why did I not get the job? Why was I treated this way? Why was my counterpart who may have a different skin color, or ethnic background than me, got something that I didn't? 
And, and that's for each one of us to, to look within ourselves and eliminate those things. Is it because I have bad interpersonal skills? Is it because of relationships? Am I not technically proficient? Did I not know how to show up and act professional and read the room? Well, is it about my race and culture? I, 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 don't, I don't know in any given situation, but what I do know is you have to be prepared to be the best that you can possibly be and not give anyone a reason to not give you an opportunity. And I, I don't think the, this fight for equality in the creative world is, is over by any means. I don't, I don't think when <laughs> Obama got elective, racism went away. I don't think creatives are on the, a level playing field across mm. our communities. Um, but I, I do think we have, to, we have to vote constantly. And I always say for myself, I, I vote with my dollar and I vote with the dollars I control. So when I'm given the opportunity to spend my money or spend a client's money based on hiring crew or where we decide to do those things, that is something that's always in, in, in my filter. Is this supporting people of color when applicable? Can I transfer those dollars from a large corporation to an assistant that's going to work for me? And if that person is of color, can I give them a helping hand? Mm -hmm. Now, that doesn't mean I just hire people just because they're black. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They have to have that technical mark check. They mm -hmm, have to mm -hmm. be proficient. Now, what I think is my responsibility to do is speak truth to those people and tell them if they're not ready. You're not re you don't understand the software enough. Yes. You're not good enough at X, Y, or Z. You need yes. to get better at, at talk. you know, a con difficult conversation I've had to have with several people is sometimes I'm generally working on a set inside a studio. And sometimes I have to leave set to, to do whatever I have to do. And I've said to him, I don't trust you to be alone with the client. Because I, I'm not confident that you mm -hmm. know how to read this client and say the appropriate things to them or say Oof, nothing that's at good. all. That's good, Ty. That's good. That's but good. it's my job to coach those people into doing that and mm -hmm. give them that information so they can make those adjustments. Maybe they decide, I don't like Tyson. I don't like the way he does things. I don't believe what he has to say. That's fine. But if I don't have that conversation with them, mm -hmm. they never have the opportunity to learn and grow. So that, that has to be on me. And I think that is imperative for all of us to reach out, make those connections, push each other up, build those strong networks and and continually force the level of excellence up we all have to be if if you're not going to hire me that's fine i might not be the right person for this job but i know seven other people who are all people of color that can do it and i'm going to give you all of their names because i know through our conversation and our honest work with each other that they want it and they're willing to do what it takes and they've corrected some of the issues that they may have had. Cause we all have issues. There's, there's plenty of things that I need to work on my, Same one, here, brother. Yeah, you know, as an example, one of the things that I have to do constantly is check my face. I had old boss used to say to me all the time, tell, tell your face what you're, what you're saying right now. Cause they're saying two different things. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's good. That's good. Right. That's good. I hear you, bro. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. Check your face. You guys yeah, heard it all, here. Yeah. We all, <laughs> we all got to work on those things. Whatever your thing is, 
if you say if you sit here watching this, listen to this podcast, and say you got everything figured out, man, you either got to get a different crew of people around you to start telling you the truth, or you got to take a long, hard look in the mirror because we can all all improve. There's so many things, whether it's technically, it's interpersonally, it's prof- all. There's there's areas of improvement for all of us, and if by some chance you're getting close to mastery, you're not. You're not, you, not you're not. You're just not. not you're true. lying. To yourself. Well, Tyson, bro, thank you so much for taking the time. So, where can where can people find you? Follow you? Instagram? Oh yeah, great question, Ryan. I'm, I'm you know, I got a, a small but loyal following on Instagram. Most yeah, of my yeah. work is is, uh, is commercial, so I, I don't put a ton of stuff out there. But I like to share the that work. So I'm on Instagram at Tyson Crockett Photo. My website is Tyson Crockett. If you type Tyson Crockett into the internet, you will you will find me. Uh, there's a couple other fake Tyson Crockett's out there, but now that you see my face, <laughs> you, know, you know which one I am. Yeah, I appreciate that. And also, uh, we want definitely if you're on YouTube, definitely leave a comment. We definitely would love to hear. Um, we'll try to get uh, King Ty to to come back and answer some of those comments down there. Also on Instagram, follow us at 1.7 Podcast. We definitely appreciate you guys just uh, hanging with us and just just listening and, and and sharing with what we're doing. We are creatives. We are on a journey ourselves. And we just want to pass on, give back, and just share with our community. So again, Tyson, thank you so much. Thank you for producer Laura and Daryl and uh, Oscar behind the scenes. We appreciate you guys, and thank you. Thank you so much, Ryan. Thank you.